You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 37. Rush out on an uptown train, doors open, and she walks in, she's soaking, caught in the rain, her skin shines like crystalline. This is the Give Me Five podcast, where each week we discuss the things that entertained us. This week, we're changing things up a bit and doing the inaugural Give Me Five podcast summer movie preview. I'm Rob. Uh, that's where we talk about Mamma Mia 2 the entire episode. The yep. whole episode. Two hours. And, and ABBA. I'm Rob, and together with my co-host Jimmy. Hello. And Greg. Mamma Mia. We are wow. the Give Me Five podcast crew. Just ignore him. He's really excited about Mamma Mia. This week, we're going to discuss our summer movie preview in which we go over all of the movies that are due out this summer. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, we're gonna Obviously, we have not seen those movies yet, but we're going to talk about just what obviously. we know about them, what we've seen with trailers, what we've read in stories, what we've what we think about the stuff coming out and what we're excited about seeing. Yeah, which movies we actually plan on seeing in the theaters and which movies we're going to pass on. Yes. So, guys, this is a review show, and there's going to be spoilers, although most of the stuff we can discuss are probably related to trailers, so if you've seen the trailers, you're not going to be that spoiled. Uh, we are going to avoid major, major twists if we happen to know anything behind the scenes, but if you didn't know that Daniel LaRusso defeated Johnny Lawrence at the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament, <gasps> or that, sorry, or that Spoiler San Dimas High School Football rules, then stop now and come back later. So if you'd like to get in touch with us here at the show, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. If you'd like to email us directly, you can shoot us a line at Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. And if you could, and thank you in advance, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you might be using. We have a store. Yeah, we do. We do have a store. So dang tootin. You guys, we have an amazing logo done, done by a, a really, really talented uh, person. And if you'd like to have that logo on or around your body, uh, on or around your cell phone, your bathroom, maybe check out the store at give me five podcast.threadless.com and you can get all your give me five branded merchandise, including bath mats. Yeah. And one last thing, one last little plea. Uh, we also have a Amazon link. It is available on our Facebook page. It's available in each of our episode, uh, headers or information that Amazon link. What it does is you buy whatever you're going to buy. You click on that link. You buy whatever you're going to buy on Amazon. It doesn't cost you any more money. And a little bit of that purchase goes to us. And that money goes to paying for server space and helper monkeys and whatever <laughs> else we need for the show. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. It does not cost you any extra. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sign you up for anything weird. So, you know, your normal everyday purchases that you get from Amazon, you know, why don't you order from there? Yeah. Word. So uh, anything new, guys? Um, I actually heard something today, and I thought I'd, I, I thought I'd mention it to you guys. And I know it's kind of sports-related, but I thought it was funny. Um, there was a story on the radio today about, you know who Ichiro is? Yeah. Baseball player? Mm-hmm. Apparently, 
he was he was in the uh, the 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 team the the team. I don't even know what they're called in baseball. Dugout. No, the, the 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 room where they their their home basically. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> he got this weird text, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" What? And he's showing it to some guy there. He got a text from a number he didn't recognize, and the text said, "Hey, I got your number from Alex Rodriguez. Um, I've heard about your stretch routine. I'd like to come by and see it see it sometime, and, and maybe ask you some questions and learn a little bit about it." Um, because apparently Ichiro does this really intense, like stretching, uh, stretching before, before each and every game, because he's kind of getting up there a little bit. 95 years old. He's still uh, yeah, playing major uh, league baseball. Yes, 44. Yes. But 44. Might as well. And so he's talking to this guy. He's talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, what, what the hell? Who is, why is he sending me this message? And he's like, well, who's it from? And he scrolls back up the list. And he's like, some guy named Tom Brady. Who the hell is this? Oh, man. <laughs> It's just to show that Ichiro might be the luckiest person in America that he has no idea who Tom Brady is. Exactly. But I thought it was hilarious that he had no idea who, who he was. And it, it was just a funny story. That That's funny. I have a lot. I, we could go on about how much I hate Tom Brady for the next half hour. But uh, Ichiro is actually now uh, working in the office with the Seattle Mariners. His, uh, his playing days are done. Mm. So okay, good on him. He's had a good career. But he has yeah. an awesome stretching routine before he uses the paper shredder and the copy machine. Oh, at, at, at playing up until 44 years old. I mean, he's got to have, a, I'm, I'm curious. I want to, I'm, I'm going to text him right now. Actually, I'll be right there. <laughs> Send him a quick message. <laughs> me and, me and old Tom are going to go check him out. Yes. Um, I'll go next. Uh, one of my favorite shows, uh, the Goldbergs, which is, uh, season four or five, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. of course they, they reference a lot of 80s stuff. And I believe it, it was probably last night at the time of this recording, but you can find it on ABC, you know, dot com and stuff. They had a special uh, Spaceballs episode. Oh yes! In which there was a a dream sequence kind of thing where the the character, the main character in the show, Adam Goldberg, who has who is the theoretically the young version of the guy that in real life directs the TV show. He had a dream in which he was the one that's making Spaceballs 2. So it was a dream sequence of him as a kid. The search for that, more money? Yeah, where he's making Spaceballs 2. And in the dream, Dark Helmet comes to him and says, you know, join us, join me. And he's like, well, you join me and we'll make lots of money. And they actually had Rick Moranis come back to do The Voice. Oh, that's fantastic. And Which, which is- was very surprising because yeah. Rick Moranis hasn't been in any major movie or tv role since uh honey we shrunk ourselves which are you serious in the 90s maybe like early 90s yeah didn't you say in a previous episode that his wife passed away and he had to focus on raising their children yeah i believe that was the case Mm. so he has done some voiceover work anything he can do from home but he you know left the hollywood thing behind and he's done. I think he's done one thing for charity before, and that was uh, re. He was the the hockey player guys. The the what were the the thing they became famous for with him and and Dave Thomas, where they did the the two Canadian hockey players like it was a skit oh, they used to um, do. They did. Um, oh, the um, founder of Wendy's. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's Dave the Canadian Thomas. comedian. <laughs> um, Strange Brew. Yeah, strange. So they reenacted that for like a charity thing, but like a charity show or a telethon or something. But that was about it. 
Isn't that Dan Aykroyd? No. Dave Thomas. <laughs> the founder of Wendy's. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so just going right into it, Greg, uh, you, you put this down in the show notes. I, I got really excited about some news and I went to like write about it and you had already written about it. And then I get ex- really excited about something else and you had already written about it. You bastard. <laughs> I'm thorough. It just goes to show that we're connected. Just like me um, and Dave Thomas. We're thorough. <laughs> I love Wendy's. So I'm going to go ahead and, and pick one. Um, FX has ordered not just a pilot, not just an exploratory kind of deal. They have ordered 10 episodes of the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Oh, wow. And I can't wait. So the series stars, I don't really know who any of these people are. Uh, Kevin Novak, Matt Berry, Natasha Dimitro. Henry Guillen. Um, I don't really know who they are, but we've talked about what we do in the shadows and on at least two episodes, hilarious movie could translate very well to TV. I hope it does. So I'll be waiting for a release date. Speaking of stuff that we absolutely cannot wait for, Greg filled me in on some, uh, on some fantastic information. I think it was just today. Wasn't it Greg? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday. Some juicy air guitar news. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And it may make a return. Yeah. It may become relevant again and come back to Halloween Horror Nights. Tell us what it is, Greg. Bill and Ted 3. Yes! With the, with the original cast. They said that if they ever got a good enough script that they minus would do Rufus. it. Well, minus Rufus, but yeah. there is the only thing I really know about it, other than the fact that it's, I think it's called Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music. Yes. Meaning that they're like in their 50s and they're, they haven't yet changed the world. But there is a character in the in the script called Jamie, who is George Carlin's daughter, and it's like so, and she has a key point in the movie. So wait, she's, who knows she's actually that. George Carlin's daughter, or she's Rufus's daughter? They named they named the character after George Carlin's real life daughter. Oh, okay. Huh. So that's that was the extent of the news about it. But the original actors, Alex Winter, and Keanu Reeves, signed on for it. It's a go. Um, not sure when they're going to start filming or the rest of the cast. But everyone's behind it full force, and it was important enough news that I actually saw it on the front page of my phone. Like, my phone dinged, yeah, and it was there from two different news sources, one of which was a Hollywood one and one of which was, an, like, an actual one. So, who knows? You know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is, you know, often derided, but I didn't mind it. First one was great. So, looking forward to the third one. Absolutely. I, I am as well. I'm I'm excited. And maybe it'll become relevant enough for them to reinstate it back at Halloween Horror Nights. Although I don't think that that was the problem. I think the problem was probably licensing and also complaints from people who didn't realize what they were going to see and were like, oh, my delicate sensibilities. I'm going to complain. There were shirtless men dancing in that. They're all like, this yeah. isn't Mamma Mia 2. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, God, with that again. <laughs> But all night, I, I all also, night, baby, all night. I also came across something this week that I thought was kind of amusing, and it and it kind of f- falls into the same category of of the game that you that you guys play with me on occasion. The uh, the uh, is this a band name or is this a taco joint? Uh, go on, I'm ready. Um, the game is called Drug or Tolkien Elf. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go on. Oh wow, <laughs> let's go. Uh, how about Frova? That's a drug. That is a drug. It is a drug. It's for migraines. What about Aristor? That a drug. is an elf. 
It is an elf. He was part of the Council Ooh. of Elrond during the War of the Ring. Ah, good call, good call. Okay, go on. Isentris. That That's sounds very much. That sounds like a drug. That is a drug. It's an HIV medication. Um, what about Celeborn? That is definitely an elf. That's a drug. It is an elf. Do you know who that is, Greg? <clears throat> is it? Uh... And I think I might have tricked you, Jimmy, because I think I, I think I mispronounced it because I think it's Celeborn because it's spelled the same way as Celebrimbo, Celebrimbor from the War of the from the video game. Is it like the father of somebody? Okay. okay. No, it's Galadriel's husband. Okay. Who? What about Orifer? That's uh, an elf. Very good. Jimmy. Thank you. Wow. What, were, what were you going to say? I, I was going to go drug. One. I've missed one. So I've missed two now. I, I was going to say drug. What about Lindir? That's an elf. Damn. That's drug. Oh, man, you are on fire. Jimmy is right. on fire. Obradon. That's an elf. That's a drug. It is a drug. It's a cough suppressor. Damn. So we'll end it there. But there's there there was like a I I came across like because I started looking stuff up and I'm like I Greg don't feel bad I missed like the first half of them the second half of them I got I got I got all right but I missed like the first half I was like dang dang I don't know Jack <laughs> <laughs> just wait we're we're gonna we're gonna come at you with death metal band or like, real <laughs> or made up I'll have to curate that man it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, guys, so we're going to be covering a lot this week. We will not be doing snap decisions as we've been busy researching the top summer movies coming out so that we can review them and talk about them for you guys. But snap decisions will not be going away. It will be back next week. So as you know, the summer is upon us in technically a few weeks. And even though they've been releasing the big summer movies way earlier, considering Infinity War is already out, we got Deadpool in a week, and then Solo in an, another week after that, I believe. Uh, it's still the time for you know all the big action, fun, over-the-top, big-budget movies to come out. We decided that in this kind of one-week reprieve, where everything got out of the way of Infinity War, to cover as many of these movies as possible, knowing that we're going to be, you know, basically slam with stuff for the rest of the summer. And so we're going to do is just talk a little bit about some of the movies that we find interesting. And we're going to go in order of when they're being released. So we'll, we have the release dates here. We'll kind of talk about that as we talk about it. And we'll just you know hit some of the major points and some of the questions and stuff like that. We're not going to talk about them at length because, you know, they're not out yet. So I believe, Rob, you have the first one. Yeah, um, and I, I will admit this is one that I'm I'm very interested to go see. I'm I don't know how I'm going to feel about it simply because it is a prequel, um, and prequels don't typically. For me, it's it's weird seeing a prequel when you already know how the story turns out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like a, a uh, Han Solo uh, origin story, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and. One of the things I did come across was was that it's it's basically canonizing a popular origin story from the extended universe. They, Disney Disney had basically scrapped a lot of the extended universe when they took over Star Wars, um, but this this story in particular um, they they kind of they kind of went back to the origin story of Han Solo, and I know that that uh, a lot of people were actually very excited that Disney is actually making this canon. Um, and when I say canon, that means that it's part of the actual official Star Wars lore. Um, that apparently Han Solo was, and and I didn't know this, but apparently Han Solo was had joined up with the imperial the imperial army. 
he was an imperial yes. trooper and he was posted on this planet with um he was posted on this planet as a as an imperial trooper and the character beckett who's played by woody harrelson and val who's played by thandy newton um both excellent by the way um they're they're trying to infiltrate the base that han solo's posted at and he kind of spots them right off because he tells them you know they're they're terrible at what they're doing but he's intrigued by what they're doing and what they plan on doing and he insists on joining them so he joins up with them and then from there you know han solo was born is is that where he was a pilot in training? I believe so. Yes, I think so. I I, 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 I forget what book that's to... from because I've I did read whatever book that was from a while ago, and I don't remember if it was the Millennium Falcon book or one of the Han Solo scoundrel books. But when you said it, it came back to me. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of tell a little bit in the trailer, just yeah, and where I... he is, where the way people are reacting to him, that kind of stuff. I tried not to look too far into it because I'm, I am one of those people who doesn't like too many spoilers before I go to see a movie. Um, but this, this is one that I'm kind of excited about seeing. I just hope that it's better than the other prequels that they did. Hold on. (laughs) Other than Rogue One. What are you trying to say about Rogue One? (laughs) I am absolute 100%. Absolutely nothing about Rogue One. I'm talking about the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and what revenge of the Sith. I think yeah. that this, the look of solo and the feel of solo, it just seems so different than everything else that it made me more excited about it. Whereas a lot of people are like, well, it doesn't feel the same. I'm like, I want differences. You know, I want, mm. I don't want the same movie every single time. So, you know, if right. it's a, if it's a heist movie, great. You know, I love the cast. I love, I love everything Woody Harrelson's in. It's the Italian job yeah. with the star Wars theme. Bring it on. <laughs> so that, uh, uh yet Woody, again, I think Woody everyone Harrelson's got great. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. And everyone. yet again, everyone got out of the way of mm-hmm. Solo, so that pretty much takes us to the end of May. Right. Uh, it's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge May between I, Infinity I War, Deadpool, which we'll cover next week, and Solo. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's a little weird that, that, um, looking at the list of movies that are coming out, like over the summer, that probably, in my opinion, three of the biggest or the biggest three movies are going to be out and done before summer even starts. And yeah, when I was looking at it too, I, th- I thought the same thing. That's Infinity yeah. War, Deadpool, Tool, and Solo. We've got a strong into the summer, yeah, which I'll talk about later. Yep. So uh, we're going to head into June from May, and June is a little more thorough on this one. There's going to be a lot more stuff. Uh, one of which is the movie Adrift, and I it is sort of a love movie, sort of a survival movie. I saw the trailer twice because I I've seen Infinity War twice, and it's got uh, comes out Friday, June first, and it's got Shailene Woodley. And Sam Clayton, Shailene Woodley is, you know, one of the, I always forget the name of the movie that she's in. It's the one that isn't Hunger Games, but might as well be. And it's basically about a, it's a true story about a young couple that's sailing a boat that someone purchased from one place to another. And it gets slammed by a hurricane in 1983. Um, And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it is when I saw the trailer both times. So like I saw it the first time and the way they have the music cut and the way they cut the trailer really makes it seem like the dude is going to kill the hell out of her because they're like all in love, all in love. And then they're like, okay. And they like ship off and they like go off into the water and like he turns and looks at her and, and he's got like, a oh. giant knife in his hand. Not quite that bad. It's just that oh, okay. they kind of change the music up and I'm like, oh, this is a serial killer movie. And then the hurricane hits and whatever. Um, the true story, the fiance died and the actual person whose name is Tammy uh, Oldham Ashcraft she ended up like having survived for like 41 days on fruit cocktail and sardines. And I think it's going to be, 
interesting movie. It's kind of like one of the only romances that is coming out. And, I'm not going to And you really wrote and navigating with a toilet. I'm curious as to how that works. How, did, <laughs> how does she navigate with a toilet? I have absolutely no idea why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, believe, I, I believe I typed it on my phone. And I was trying to type sextant, and it got autocorrected. <laughs> <laughs> Navigating with a toilet. That is the name of our episode right there. Navigating with a toilet. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to be navigating the summer movie with a schedule with, with a toilet. Navigating with a sextant. I have a confession. <laughs> oh, you did that? I have a confession to make. Uh, did you change that? Yeah, no, you didn't finish your notes on it, so I wrote with the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Just one quick blurb about this movie from me. For the record, I, um, helper monkeys cannot change words in the script. Just saying. <laughs> no. Um, just real quick, I thought the movie looked kind of dumb. Um, until... It said based on a true story, and then that's when when I became really interested. So uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll I'll go see it on a Tuesday. I think I we know. got some horror next. Okay. Did you have something to say? Oh, no, I was going to say I never understand the based on a true story thing. Um, yes, the there was um, there was a possessed clown, and it, ins- it 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 inspired me to write this story. So we're basing it off of this horror clown, but, you know, it's a kid's show about a circus. <laughs> yeah, I guess in recent memory, movies that are based off of true stories are more based off of true stories than they used to be. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was loosely based off of Ed Gain, who... I, One horrific aspect of his murders yeah. spawned the idea for the movie. Which is still going for some reason. Yeah, there's, so, there's different levels. I actually think that that would be an interesting thing for us to talk about someday. Just, you know, at what point is it no longer a true story? Because one aspect of something. Yeah. I think we have the next idea for our next special. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, up cool. next, a little bit of horror. Yes, a little bit of horror. Uh, we've got the movie Hereditary coming out on June 8th. It's from the director Ari Aster, who I really didn't recognize anything else that he's done. But it looks super unsettling. Uh, the movie stars Tony Collette, who was the mom in Krampus. Nice. And Gabriel Byrne. Also the mom in Sixth Sense. Yeah, I was going to say. She, she's Gabriel gonna, Byrne she's was the, the mom. Gabriel mom was the mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Gabriel mom. <laughs> Gabriel mom. So Gabriel, uh, uh, Gabriel Byrne, Millie Shapiro, and Alex Wolf. Um the story follows the Tony Collette's character. After her mom passes away, she starts to discover secrets of her mother's life. People in the trailer come up to her and say, Oh, I knew your mom. You know, and she's like, Wait, I thought my mom didn't have any friends. She was a very private person, but soon discovers that her mother was involved in rituals and things of that nature. And I guess the movie kind of explores what can be passed through DNA. So it looks super unsettling. It's from the producers of the witch. Although we, and then we talked about this very briefly. The witch was a very like 
the very definition of slow burn, not Gabriel burn, (laughs) Gabriel mom. (laughs) But I've never heard anyone on a podcast (laughs) or anything talk about the witch where they didn't mention slow burn or slow build or something like that, which is interesting. Um, But there are people on fire. There are scary dream sequences where Alex Wolf's character, his mouth is just covered with bugs. And I'm not super scared of insects, but that part made my skin crawl. There are ghosts, and there are two sequences where people's heads are being smashed into walls or desks, either intentionally or unintentionally. So looks like jump scares are plenty. You know, it's it's I guess one of the only horror movies coming to films this summer. So, you know, when I saw that trailer, I saw it. I was with my wife, who is a who is a psychologist. And whenever I see any sort of trailer for something that's like a psychological horror or could be based on something like that, I always kind of like look over to her one to be like, "Ah, do you want to see that? Which she always says no, if it's like horror. But I always am wondering, like, you know, is this based in any sort of is there been studies on this, you know, like things that can be passed down to people or other sorts of things. And usually she's like, no, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. I, I will I'll like to see if it kind of does that same thing that horror has been doing where it's got strong runs recently. Yeah. I think that could be a sleeper hit of the summer. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. I'm going to move on now to oceans eight, which also comes out on Friday, June 8th. And this is uh I'm hesitant to call it the all-female version of Ocean's 8 because it's that was not really what it was designed to be. It was just a different type of heist. It was more of a fashion show jewelry heist. And Sandra Bullock, who was very good friends with Danny Ocean himself, George Clooney, said, you know, I've always wanted to do a heist movie and worked with him on developing this this movie with basically if you were one of the top female actresses in Hollywood or England for that matter. You're in this movie. You got Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Helena Bonham Carter, Anne Hathaway, Rihanna, Sarah Paulson, Mindy Kaling, and someone who I had never heard before, <laughs> Aquafina, which is spelled A W K W A F I N A. Not like the water. Is, no, it's not like the water. Which so I was like, really? So I looked up Aquafina, and apparently she is a uh, an Asian American female rapper. Who that's not her real name, of course. Well, yeah, that, that's like her stage you name, and she is at. Well, and she's absolutely hilarious. Like some, of, I've listened to a few of her raps and stuff like that, and she's really funny. I think, I think she was one of those like started off in the amongst the comedy troops and stuff. I don't know much about her. Uh, so I looked her up too because as the names were scrolling through, I was like, "What the hell is? Wait, what? Aquafina? So she is, is she's a rapper, yes, but she's also kind of like social media star. She's kind of youtube celebrity um i think this is her for her first role in a in a major motion picture so you know she's a comedian so you know i i i like the oceans movies i think they're pretty cool they're very clever in the way the heists are, are written so you know and i think this one takes place at the met gala which actually was uh, just two happened. days ago yeah it just happened two days ago and there's a lot of press about it which i had never even really heard of it before yeah, there's Tom a lot Brady of press about it this week. Great suit. <laughs> he got made fun of. And this movie takes place. So, and they, of course, did a, a grand opening and or a grand entrance for it and stuff. So I think uh, I think it'll be a fun movie to see and one I could get my wife to go to. So let's uh, 
Let's be neighbors now, Jimmy. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? So we've got a documentary coming out on that same day, June 8th. It's called Won't You Be a Name Won't You Be My Neighbor? It's about Mr. Rogers. So if you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, then how old are you? I guess. But it's a I wouldn't say a darling of South by Southwest, but it did really well. It had very good reception. It's really about the philosophy and the life of Fred Rogers. So Mr. Rogers from PBS. It's a quote, powerful reminder that his lessons and demeanor are everlasting and sure to inspire a new generation of dreamers. So this is particularly, you know, relevant to the show. Mr. Rogers went to college at Rollins College. Mm-hmm. Here in Winter Park. And it was filmed. Mr. Rogers' show is filmed in Pittsburgh. And Chef Brockett, Don Brockett, uh, lived down the street from me. Or not right down the street, but yeah. Th- uh, f- several miles down the street from me. And George A. Romero, speaking of Pittsburgh, got his start directing a segment for Mr. Rogers. Okay, I'm going to have to see that. George A. Romero being the zombie director, for those of you that haven't listened to any of our episodes, any of them, really. He basically created what we know as, you know, the the zombie genre. But it it looks very – just bring tissues. Yeah, I think it's a little bit less about his life, although it will play a part in it, and more about what he brought to the table and how how he – his outlook on things and how he affected the people's lives that watched the show and were around him. So. I might have to say that. that definitely screams Enzian to me. I'm guessing it's going to be there, especially considering it comes out on the yeah, same would, day as Bob's. I wouldn't be surprised movies. if it was there. Yeah, yeah. And and anytime I think of Mr. Rogers, I always think of that story that was that was circulated uh, about his car being stolen. Do you remember hearing about that? And I did I, not actually. I, I don't hmm. know that it's. I don't know that it's true. Um, in fact, I think oh, Snope, uh, I think Snopes, is on it. I think Snopes may have debunked it, but the story was going around that uh, Mr. Rogers' car was stolen. Uh, one day by some thieves and the local news, the local news did a story on it and said, Oh, how terrible is it that Mr. Rogers car was stolen? Blah, 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 blah. The next day it was returned. And supposedly there was a note that was said, sorry, we didn't know it was yours. But, but I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they've debunked that story or not, but that, that, that was one that I, that I'd always heard about Mr. Rogers. Uh, it is undetermined on Snopes. Okay. Um, so yeah, it one, it's undetermined that. on Snopes. So that means it could probably be true. Two, uh, two, it circulated on email in June of 2003, which means it could probably be false. Yes, true. It depends on on which uh, relative sent it to you in June of 2003. That's, I think, how you Forward <laughs> <laughs> this email to five people to get Mr. Rogers' car back. Oh, it was sent to me by that uncle. Yeah. Eh. Okay, no. it's probably not true. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to a movie that is going to be going up against these guys on June eighth. Rob, I think you have this one. Yeah, and and watching this trailer, I'm I'm actually really excited to see it. Um, although I will say I'm not sure. And I was talking to you guys about this earlier. I'm not sure whether mm-hmm. it's like an homage. Okay, give, a, give us a title. Uh, the the title of the movie is Hotel Artemis, and basically what it is is it's like an underground. Um, an underground like hospital for criminals uh, where they can go. You have to be a member and they have several rules in place, you know, no guns. You can't kill on the grounds of the Artemis. Does any of this sound familiar? Um, yes, it does. 
So from two, three, four different things. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a blatant ripoff or an homage to the Continental from the John Wick, the John Wick series. Uh, The John Wick, he's he's a baker with it wants revenge. John Wick, he is yes. So it's very John Wick esque. Um, It is, but it 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 does have a great cast. I mean, it stars Jodie Foster, uh, Batista from WWE. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, who I honestly can't remember him playing a villain, and I think he plays the villain in this movie. I think so, too. And uh, he shows up like three quarters of the way through the trailer when I was already like, wow, this is a really good cast, and then he shows up and like... And was, he not, was he not the villain in Thor Ragnarok, or did he just have a different philosophy? Uh, he wasn't exactly the bad guy. No, he wasn't really the bad... I mean, I, I didn't really consider him the villain in that movie. Um, he was more eclectic with, you know, a hobby. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that he was the <laughs> yeah. villain in that movie. But um, it's also got Sterling K. Brown and Sophia Boutella, uh, who who I actually really like, even though she was in that really crappy movie, The Mummy. Um, but she was also a gazelle from The Kingsman, yeah. the, uh, the girl with the blades for, for feet. She was also in the most recent Star Trek movie. She was. was. really good in that. Yes, she was. She was. Very good in that. So, I mean, it's got, it's got a great cast. Um, looks like a ton of action. Just a ton of action. Um, the I was telling you guys earlier that the director of this movie, whose name I don't have right now, he was saying that he made this movie very specifically as an homage to his favorite 80s action movies. Like, okay. I know he mentioned, like, I think he mentioned, like, Cobra and Commando and, like, any of those kind of – and a lot of the, um, like, Assault on Precinct 13 – Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and you know, there's not a lot of those just dumb action movies that come out. Everything has to have a be part of a bigger universe or have a bigger story behind it. So that's kind of what caught my eye. Yeah, it's uh, directed by Drew Pierce. I'll tell you what caught my eye about this movie, and I, I really wasn't interested in the trailer. There's a scene where they um, they 3D print an object. Let's just say that, and it says 3D printing completed. Like, have you ever seen a 3D printer? Like, did that that object take, like, seven days to print? Anyway, it's based on the future, so whatever. It's I 3D the printed a battering yesterday in 45 minutes. No. Yeah. But a gun? Yeah, that would take anyway, longer. So not only was I like, whoa, Jodie Foster is back in a movie, but Dave Batista, I think, has a really cool role. <laughs> he He turns to somebody and says, don't you see this badge? It says that I'm a medical professional. And they immediately show him, like, kicking the SWAT team's ass. Mm-hmm. So Dave Bautista is great. He He's Drax in the Guardians movies and Infinity War, which we talked about last week. So if you're into kind of mindless action, you check out Hotel Artemis. <laughs> oh, man, that was so funny. I have mastered standing so incredibly still that I become invisible. Okay, up next we have The Incredibles 2, a movie that is f- uh, 14 years in the making. 14 years. We've been waiting 14 years for wow. an Incredibles movie. Uh, the last one came out in 2004, and I think the weird part about this is the fact that the last one ended with a semi-cliffhanger that really led you to believe that there would be a sequel already in the pipes. Yeah, yeah, it did. And they had no idea what to do. Well, quite a few things happened. Um, None of it really bad, but Brad Bird did leave Pixar. He was the one that directed it, and he went on to do uh, 
two movies that did not do very well. Uh, one was uh, uh, Tomorrowland. The other one was the oh shoot, uh, John Carter. Oh, and, and that's such a shame because that was a good movie. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. But so anyway, uh, Brad Bird is Brad Bird is returning to animation for this movie. Uh, in this movie, basically the basic storyline is Bob Parr is a stay-at-home dad. Elastic Girl becomes the face of superheroes, and they're trying to get superheroes to be back in the good graces. And Jack Jack, the baby, has is starting to exhibit powers. I believe that it is taking place very soon after, actually within a minute of the end of the last movie. So it's still going to be in that timeline. Okay. And it's just quite a bit of uh, you know it's basically going to start off with the uh, the underminer. Uh, the only other real person in it that I know of is Bob Odenkirk, as well as the other cast members are all the same, except for um, Dash, because that kid is 14 years older now, so his voice is definitely not that of six- or seven-year-old Dash or however old he is. Uh, you know, I really liked The Incredibles when it was in the theater for a while. It, I, I I remember the, the chase through the jungle as being one of my favorite, like, Pixar action sequences, and I was amazed at how good it was coming from a, you know, a up and coming 3d artist at the time. Mm-hmm. And then seeing it a bunch more times with my kid, it even grew on me more. And I'm you know, really, really, really excited about this movie. Yeah. And was very excited to see the trailer. And I'm also excited just the wide variety of people I've heard talking about it from our students who probably grew up on it from, you know, like people my age or my, or my wife's age where we've watched it, when it first came out and with our kids and even, you know, like the, the kids that have are still young and have seen it through Blu-ray and DVD and stuff. So I'm really excited about the Incredibles too. And you know, it'll, it'll be a fun movie to see this summer. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the Incredibles was kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong. It was kind of like, Oh, Pixar can do people. Yeah, I think so. Cause it was, um, was it the third or fourth Pixar movie? I'm not sure. It was early on, and you'd you'd only ever seen, you know, toys or bugs, bugs. Um, but yeah, it was kind of the first. Oh wait, they're doing actual full-bodied people moving around. At least you know, for me, that's what it was. So looking forward to it. Uh, might have to kind of refresh myself on the Incredibles. I have to go back and watch it. But yeah. And I also coincidentally had the next one too. And this is a movie I had no idea what it was, but I clicked on the link. It's called Tag. And I clicked on the link very right. specifically because of uh, a movie called Tag, the assassination game that I used to love in the 80s. It was one of those always on HBO or Cinemax movies with, um, it was a bunch of people playing this game where with those suction cup darts and whoever mm-hmm. won the game like would win. So of course someone was going around with a real gun with a suction cup dart in it and there was a scene in it that freaked me out as a kid where someone was in a, in like hiding in a bathroom stall and the person walked in with the, the suction cup at the end of the, the gun and moved the gun. So the suction cup dart fell out and then shot him and whatever. So I was like, are they really remaking that movie? No, no. Turns out that this movie is actually kind of even more interesting than a remake of a, a cheesy eighties movie. And it's about a group of friends. It's comedy who are in their They're in the middle of like a 30 year game of tag. And it's loosely based on a true story yet again. And the original story was featured in a Wall Street Journal. And basically every February, these guys play a game of tag. And at the end of February, whoever is it has to be shamed for the rest of the year. And the story is that Jeremy Renner has never been tagged. And he is – it is his wedding weekend where apparently he's getting married to um, a character played by I- Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher? I- Isla Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, Isla. 
And uh, the other characters, Leslie Bibb, Rashida Jones, who's the daughter of uh, Quincy Jones, uh, John Hamm, Ed Helms, Hannibal Buress. You know, they're they're all converging on the wedding and they want to get him and finally tag him for the first time at his wedding. And uh, I thought it was just kind of a, it was just a fun looking movie. And it was written by the guy that wrote the movie Waiting, which I also really liked. So oh, man. Went, yeah, so I, I think I'm in on this one. I usually, as I said before, I don't usually see comedies in the theater, but John Hamm does comedy really well. Ed Helms does comedy really well. He was in The Office, and he was in The Hangover. Mm-hmm. He does, and Rashida Jones was in The Office as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really not gone and seen a comedy in the theater in quite a while. That wasn't just like Jumanji or – you know, an animated movie. Well, you saw the but, game. What was that? What was it called? The game. I saw or game night. Game night. Based yes. off of Rob's recommendation, and I really, really enjoyed it. So this one would be a good date night movie. Um, you know, just not looking to take anything super serious, but you're looking to have a laugh at the same time. Um, love Hannibal Burris. He's hilarious. Rashida Jones, Ed Helms, all the other names you mentioned. So. I'm real quick, I, I looked up the list of Pixar movies. It was Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles. So the people that you had seen were um, basically the dentist and the daughter in Finding Nemo and Boo in Monsters, Inc. And parts of, like, from the waist down of uh, Andy and his mom in Toy Story and Toy Story 2, pretty much. And, and Sid. Sid. And Sid, yeah. So there were some people, but they weren't main characters for the most part. So. Anyway, that was Tag. Uh, his comedy comes out Friday, June 15th. And up next is a big one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a big one. And Greg, you were um, insistent on me talking about this because I've expressed my my opinions uh, several times. It's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is the second um, in the new Jurassic Park trilogy. It comes out on June 22nd. It stars Bryce Dallas Howard. Star-Lord, Chris Pratt, and not starring. I had to look this up, and I was a little disappointed, but it's not starring Jeff Goldblum. But Jeff Goldblum is in it, reprising his role as Dr. Ian Malcolm, a chaos theory expert. Which I don't know how anybody can be an expert in that, but... It just seems so chaotic. Just as ridiculous as that sounds is the plot. So a volcano erupts on Isla Nublar which is the site of the failed Jurassic Park, or I'm sorry, Jurassic World, as we saw in the previous film. And instead of just saying, oh, well, that sucks. I guess dinosaurs are going to go extinct again. The (laughs) dinosaur protection group um, headed by Bryce Dallas uh, Howard's character goes to rescue the dinosaurs and bring them to a sanctuary in America. But of course... People with deep pockets have other plans. Yeah, what what could possibly go wrong with that plan? What could possibly go wrong? They're going to sell the dinosaurs to the highest bidder. And guess what? I would what? totally buy a dinosaur. Uh, man, it's such a dumb idea. The, yeah. the trailer is so, like, bipolar. Like, the start, it looks like a disaster movie. And then the then it turns into, like, a horror movie where you see, like, dinosaurs slowly unlatching windows. Or like mm-hmm. little kids in bed with like this giant dinosaur claw like looming over it, and it's like. Okay. So that was that was the basis of Michael Crichton's original Jurassic Park. Um, was that on this island, you know, dinosaurs were sneaking in and taking people's kids and things like that? It was terrifying. 
So they might be trying to inject that, that a little bit into there. But why in the hell do we insist on making a, a more badass killing machine dinosaurs? Yeah, They've engineered this new dinosaur, right, which is just kind of this retelling of, you know, the last one. And it's just the same story. So in the last one, T-Rex comes out. Yeah, haven't they watched any of these movies? I mean, don't they know yeah. that never works out? Well, here, T-Rex. I mean, ever since the, um, you know, Aliens and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's it's kind of a weird thing because. Don't you in, defend this. In every movie, <laughs> in every movie, what they always do is they always dis- – there's always the military basis like, oh, we can weaponize this, which it's it's a plot point in every movie. So in Hollywood, it's trite and boring and overdone. But uh-huh. also having worked at military facilities, it's not that wrong. It's like, oh, that's a cool laser pointer. How can we weaponize that? Let's so, use it to kill someone. Yeah. So, so it's not that it's not that far off, but it is not exactly an original plot point. Yeah, it's it's not because it's the same plot point that was in the last movie. Mm-hmm. They've engineered the ultimate dinosaur, T Rex comes in, saves the day, you know, and fights off that dinosaur. Well, it's pretty obvious that they've engineered this new raptor and blue, you know, Chris Pratt dinosaur trainer. His Velociraptor. Dinosaur Whisperer. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Is going to come in and save the day from this Velociraptor. So as much trash as I've talked about it right here, right now, I'm going to go see it in the theater because I'm invested. I love Jurassic Park. Opening Jurassic Park. Mind you. Uh, mm, Opening midday. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I, I have very fond memories of Jurassic Park. So I'm all in. You know, on these movies, whether they're they're bad or not, uh, I enjoy seeing Jeff Goldblum's kind of resurgence. So, even we'll talk. I'm sure have- we'll talk. He does not have a large role. He does have a role, apparently, a large role in the way the story progresses. So, I'm sure we'll be talking about this. Uh, comes out June 22nd. We'll see. Hopefully, it doesn't suck too bad. Cool. I'm going to talk about the next one very briefly. Uh, there's a movie called The Hustle coming out. I could not find a trailer on it at all. I found a bunch of stories announcing it. The reason why I want to talk about it is it is uh, advertised as a sequel or a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is one of my favorite comedies mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, with you know, mainly just the Ruprecht sequence alone, in which Steve Martin gets to be Steve Martin and gets to show his brilliance. Um, it's supposed to have Rebel Wilson and Anna Hathaway again, so Anna Hathaway in another heist movie. And it's about con women in this case. And they're advertising it as a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but I believe Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is also sort of a remake of a movie called Bedtime Story from 1964. Uh, it does worry me that I haven't seen anything about it other than announcements of when it's getting made, but they do have a release date. So I'm hoping it's, you know, more clever comedy and not a lot of Rebel Wilson just falling down and hitting on dudes. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Uncle Drew, Rob. Okay. Um, I, I will admit that this is one that, that I've seen several trailers for, for movies that I've been to recently. And each time that it's come up, I've, I've really actually been like, you know, I, I kind of really want to see this movie. (laughs) And, and for those who don't remember, um, Uncle Drew actually first appeared, uh, in 2012. Um, and he was, he was in, uh, Pepsi Max ads. Pepsi Max, uh, kind of created the character Uncle Drew and was using him in their advertisements, um, in 2012. And I believe he was played by Kyrie then, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. 
So they were they were using Uncle Drew, and so now Uncle Drew actually has his own movie. And I guess basically the premise of this movie is the the main character is setting up a basketball tournament, like a blacktop basketball tournament, and his entire team is poached by another guy. So he he ends up seeing the 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 legend Uncle Drew play and tries to recruit Uncle Drew, but Uncle Drew obviously says, "Well, I'll only do it if I can put my team together." So then they go on this then they go on this uh adventure of picking up all of his old buddies as well and Uncle Drew's like 150 years old. Um and they go pick up all of his old buddies who of course who of course are all basketball stars. Um but it it looks like a really really entertaining movie and I I actually will probably go see this. Um one little one little side note um was that Kyrie was actually filming this movie when he got the news that he was being traded from the Cavaliers to the Celtics. And he was, Oh wow. He was report. They were in the middle of filming a scene when one of his friends comes in, whispers in his ear and he shouted and ran out of the room. He was so excited. And they were filming a, a dance scene in the club. And they were saying that, that that scene is him actually being genuinely happy and on top of the world. So you, oh, wow. you really get to see a lot of Kyrie's natural emotion in that scene. So keep an eye out for that scene, the, the dance scene in the club, because Kyrie is in a particularly good mood while filming that scene. You know what? Yeah. My feeling. Oh, good. Jimmy. I, I was just going to say he wanted out of Cleveland. Oh, really bad. Um, mm-hmm. When I saw the trailer for this and I saw it, I can't remember, maybe before date night, actually. I think it was game night. Um the Uncle Drew phenomenon that, you know, came out several years ago seemed really plausible. This old man was just at, you know, these basketball courts playing these pickup games and just blowing people's socks off. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see it, how it translates to film. I might go see it. It looks like a fun comedy. For some reason, basketball translates really well to movies, whether it be yeah. it does. Base Jam oh, basketball. But- I was going to say, but dear God, I can't believe they're redoing Space Jam. That makes me sick. I don't think they're actually doing it. It's There's been no – that was all a rumor. Okay. All right. God, I hope they don't. That was like that a, a trick thing. But the other thing I want to say about this is every single time I've seen the trailer, about three times now, maybe four, all they can think about as I'm watching these guys, even though I know they're dudes in makeup, is like these guys are going to break their hips. Yeah. Because they're so big. And it's you know it's like Shaq and those guys, and it's like all I can think about is, oh, don't jump. They're going to break their hips or someone's going to like land wrong, and then I'm like, oh, it's just – young dudes and old makeup so and but. and every time i see the trailer the scene with reggie miller throwing the basketballs up against the thing and throwing them everywhere except at the basket and then just going swish makes me laugh every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> because that was reggie miller actually <laughs> uh, yeah um reggie miller was the most one of the most accurate three-point shooters of all time i used to love watching him mm-hmm. so i didn't watch basketball uh, at all and, when he was playing and, i i did and also another note, Uncle Drew is actually going to appear on a Wheaties box. It'll be a it'll be a special two sided box with Kyrie and his Celtics uni on one side and then Uncle Drew on the other side. <laughs> nice. Celtics. Well I guess it technically is Celtics, but here, that's Did I you're, say did I say Celtics? You said Celtics. Oh my god. Yes, it is it for the team it is pronounced Celtics, but the correct pronunciation is Celtics. Okay. I think we're we're up to July. So taking us into July and actually coming out on July 4th is The First Purge. It's the fourth film in the Purge franchise. 
it's the it's actually a prequel to <laughs> the first purge uh 2013's the purge it stars elon noel like scott davis and aunt may yes i love marisa tomei yeah, I, I actually i actually just saw my cousin Vinny again it was on cable oh wow the two youths <laughs> my biological clock is ticking like this <laughs> so marisa tomei play she's like the mind behind the purge it's a psychological or psychosocial experiment that they claim has no political motivation, but it, it really does. And if you're not, not familiar with The Purge, uh, basically one night every year, all crime is legal, made legal for 12 hours, including murder. So it, it's not called The Purge by the government. That's just the name that people gave it. So – I've seen all of these films. Um, actually, to get kind of on a, a serious note, I guess, um, Election Year was actually one of the last movies I saw with my brother before he passed away. So I, I can't wait to see this. Um, we really enjoyed Election Year. So I'm definitely going to go see this in the, the theater. The early advertisements, I don't know if you guys remember these. Do you remember the early? I did see them. They were these like really cheesy political advertisements. You're sitting in theater, you're going, what is this? And it's just like, America. America is great. You should do your civil duty. And it's got like a kid on top of his dad's shoulders and a jet flying by with red, white, and blue smoke behind it. And it it said, um, I do do remember this now. Yeah. And it had the red Donald Trump hat. It said, you know, the first purge on it before they actually release like an action trailer for it. So I'm looking forward to it. They're, they're fun, kind of mindless action. I don't really take it too serious, but it it seems to me, like personally, that there's been way more than just four purge movies because of Ed. Jimmy knew this was coming because of mm-hmm. all the Halloween horror nights that they've done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have a very hard time, like since I've not seen any of the purge movies. I have a very hard time you know, really? taking my mind away from. Yeah, I'm, it's just it's too real to me. Uh, it's really not though. I've like, only it, seen one, and I was like, eh. it may look that way from the trailers, but it's really kind of out there. Like it, it would never really happen. Satire. It, yeah, it really is. It's not like oh man, somebody you know is going to carve somebody's face off. It's just they're goofy. They're gotcha. not extraordinarily violent. Like the trailer for the first one made it seem like it was so dude protecting his family from crazy people. And I'm like, eh. The first one, it it, it was trying to be more, I guess, serious than it was taken. And then the, you know, the the two after that, including this one, were just kind of, they're kind of goofy in a way. But I'm looking forward to it, so. And then there's a movie that I'm looking forward to, and I've got a lot of questions about this next one. That is Ant-Man and the Wasp, which comes out two days later from the first purge. And I'm going to guess they're going to push that ahead two days. I just, I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, having it come out on a day when everyone is off of work. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, of course, as I said before, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, this is of course the very first movie that will be coming out after infinity war. So that, of course the big question is, yeah, not necessarily where they were because they talked about it, but when does this movie take place? Because the trailer, unless they're hiding stuff, does a really good job of being lighthearted in a way that if whatever happened in the Infinity War, and I'm not going to say it this time because we're not, we didn't spoiler warning that movie, 
Correct. People would not act that jokey if this was after the Infinity War. Right. And it, it yeah. would be... Also, it would be very coincidental that every one of the characters, you know... So. Yeah, I I would honestly, as far as they've been, as far as they've gone with their with their linking the movies and making sure that everything correlates, I'd be surprised if they didn't at least have something in the works to plan to to at least mention it or say, oh, hey, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, if they didn't reference it in some way, I'd be a little bit disappointed because that really would, for me, almost knock it out of their actual timeline. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie looks like it's part heist movie, which... And it also is definitely going to be a uh, heading into the quantum zone to try to rescue the wasp's mother, who was the original wasp. And so we know that's going to happen. It was in the the trailers. It was there's she's been cast, and we know that she's in there. I believe what her name Janet Van Dyne or something. Yeah, I think and so. you know the it wonders if I'm not kind of mentally already writing the end of that movie where they're successful, they come out, and then something happens. And then they go, oh, crap, there's a yeah. thing happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I am also wondering if people leaving the Infinity War are going to want a more lighthearted Marvel movie after seeing that. And or is it just going to bring a huge audience because people want some answers that, you know, the people that haven't read the story, the books and stuff like that. So I'm very intrigued by it. I really like the first Ant-Man movie. I, um, I actually you know, did it as well. Haven't seen it. It's it's fun. It's enjoyable. I Physics be damned. Well, yeah, the physics aspect of it, but the any giant, you know, Thomas the Train and giant other objects is kind of funny. Um, I really liked one aspect of that movie. I liked, and Rob, I, you'll probably you might know the actor, um, the police officer that was dating his ex-wife. Um, he's he's just a really good actor, and that they didn't go the route of the ex-wife is dating a complete asshole that is mean to him and whatever. And the, the hero has to like convince that I like, he was actually right. a good dude. And it was like, it was so refreshing not to mention the fact the actor's good. He's been in a ton of stuff, but that, and of course the, um, the villain, a lot of people say was a little too similar to the first Iron Man movie, which it's kind of true, but I really like Corey Stoll. So he's, he's a good actor, actor as well. So looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp. As am um, I. Yeah. Oh, the, the next one is, I believe is me as well. I didn't put my name next to it, but. Oh, looks like I've got three in a row here. Uh, the next one is Sorry to Bother You, which uh, starring Lakeith Stanfield, the wonderful Lakeith Stanfield, Tess Thompson, who, Valkyrie, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's directed by Boots Riley, who is from a one of the kind of politically-minded rap bands, The Coup, rap groups, The Coup, who I've actually seen live and are really good. And I saw them completely by accident because they happened to show up at a uh, pretty awesome concert by a band called Galactic and did like a jam with them. It was really cool. Oh, really? Yeah, about 10 years ago. So anyway, besides that, um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, he's a black telemarketer that takes on a white guy voice and becomes wildly successful. Seeing that in the trailer, I'm like, okay, this is just a standard, going to be kind of like a a comedy, kind of white chicks-esque. But then it gets really surreal. Did you you guys have seen the trailer, right? Um, Yes, I have. I, I have seen the trailer for that. I, it gets really, really surreal. There's like a lot of bright colors. Like the marketing mm-hmm. stuff makes it look like a, like one of those kind of '70s inspired heist movies. This the color scheme, but not the actual thing. And it's set like in the future, kind of, but not really like the near future. I don't know. It's got a very weird feel to it, and I'm, I'm not sure. This one could surprise us. 
or surprise me, but I'm very on the fence on this one. As as am I. Um, it, I don't know. It, I, I'll have to I'll have to judge it when it comes out. Look, because uh, even if you look it up, it's listed as an American science fiction comedy film. I'm like science fiction, okay, it's interesting. So uh, it's one of those that I, I think I'm I'm going to see how audiences react before mm-hmm. I make a, a call on whether I'm not going to see it, whether or not I'm going to see it, but I'll definitely see it at some point. Uh, and, and the next one, which is also one that I kind of did the research on is don't worry. He won't get far on foot. Um, have you guys seen either? Have you either of you guys seen this trailer or anything? Uh, I actually have not seen that one. I watched it today with you. Okay. It is the reason why it stuck out to me is it is about a cartoonist. I used to be a cartoonist many, many years ago, high school and college. And it, uh, back in the day when I was a cartoonist, I did a bunch of research on the life of cartoonists, and it made me immediately stop being a cartoonist because it was a depressing, depressing life. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like, you know, like R. Crumb, they had a documentary about him come out, just a bunch of stuff like that. And the, usually these are people that are very hung up on stuff, you know, wood panel walls and every day sitting alone in a room and drawing their cartoon, and that's about it. And it was just – it was, it didn't seem like the route I wanted to take least based on what was being shown in movies. Uh, this movie is is a true story. It's based on a biography of a guy named John Callahan. He is a alcoholic, and I believe when he's in his early 20s, he gets in a car accident. I believe he drives it in directly into a pole while drunk because he thinks it's an off-ramp and ends up becoming a paraplegic, And at which point he decides to start drawing comics that are very uh, self-referential, you know, like making fun of things that paraplegics can't do. And making fun of just uh, breaking all these norms. And people are like, oh, you can't do that. He's like, until someone breathing out of a tube from their throat tells me I can't do it, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a really good cast. It's the director is Gus Van Zant, who did Goodwill Hunting, which I love. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, apparently no longer crazy, plays the main character. Rooney Mara is in it. Jonah Hill is in it. Uh, completely unrecognizable. If it wasn't for yeah. his voice, I wouldn't recognize him. Uh, Jack Black is in it. And it is definitely... As I said, probably going to be the hipster movie of the year. That is definitely going to be a Enzian movie for us. And uh, you know, it, it has uh, Carrie Brownstein in it, who uh, is from the show Portlandia, and she's in uh, – I forget the band she's in, but she's definitely in one of the big hipster bands, Heather Matarazzo, uh, who's another one of the you know, hipster-type actresses. So <laughs> um, uh, the guy that wrote the book, he died – John Callahan died in 2010. But I don't know. There's something about that movie that – makes me kind of want to see it and it kind of brings me back to when there were so many of these like documentaries about sad sacks that came out or documentary-esque movies about sad sacks that came out that i was kind of interested in so i might have to go track that one down it looks good yeah that might be one that we have to go see at the end soon um oh, crap i sort of have another one um another one that is coming out is hotel transylvania 3 the first two are fun it's gonna be a movie i have to see with my kid uh that comes out friday july 13th and if you know about the first two you pretty much know about the third one this one is apparently about a summer vacation. And uh, Rob, talk about Skyscraper. <laughs> I think Hotel Transylvania 3 is about Dracula trying to find love. And getting a tan? And and getting a tan, but uh, from the from the trailer, it looks like Dracula falls in love with the cruise director, who is actually a Van Helsing. <laughs> so she's trying to set them up so that she can kill him, I guess, or something. That's what I got from the trailer. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out, but... That's that's kind of that's kind of dark for for a kids movie, but you know, yeah, they won't understand. Yeah, well, 
I'll, so I'll, I'll see it. You know, there's not going to be a lot. Of, there's not a lot of kids' movies coming out this summer, so um, I'll be there. So releasing on Friday the thirteenth is um, a movie starring The Rock, who has actually really come a long way. Um, it, I mean, I remember his first movie, the uh, the Scorpion King, and it it was it was garbage. Honestly, it was it was terrible. But he's he's gotten a lot better. Um, he's kind of honed his acting chops, if you will. Um, but this movie, Skyscraper, he plays a a security um, consultant, uh, former military, and um, they bring him in to the largest building. I think it's in, was it Taiwan? Anyway, they, they bring him into this largest building to do a security assessment. And it it ends up being, you know, the building is attacked. It's set on fire. Uh, he is apparently framed for the disaster, and he's got to try and rescue his family, who incidentally are all above the fire line on the building. So this one is also based on a true story. Yeah, apparently, yes. Yeah, um, okay. It's based on on the true story of John McClane, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he was yeah hero. Yeah, exactly. Come Never on out to the coast. We'll have some laughs. Yippee ki yay! Yeah. yeah. Uh, it did, and the the only thing that I kept see, thinking while I was seeing this trailer That's Hong was Kong, by the way is the college oh, okay. famous guy sure. in Hong Kong. Okay, it's in Hong Kong. Um, so I'm watching this whole trailer, going, "This is this is freaking Die Hard. This is this is Die Hard. It's what what are we what are we? This is this is Die Hard." But as as I was researching some of this movie, um, apparently all of the talk about this movie has devolved completely to whether or not The Rock could make the jump that's in the poster for skyscraper. And I'm hoping that Greg will link the image for you all to see it in, in the thumbnail or something on our social media or something. Um, and people have, people have gone, gone to the lengths of, of figuring out the distance that he would have to jump using the, using the known value of the rocks height to figure out the, to figure out the distance and see if he could actually make it. And the the best that somebody the someone came up with is that essentially the rock would need to be running twenty eight point four miles per hour to make the jump, and basically Usain Bolt's fastest recorded speed is twenty seven point four miles per hour. Oh, and and did we mention that the rock plays an amputee in the movie? Yes, oh. and he and he does not have the little the little blade springs that the uh, South African runner did. Yeah, so. Rest in peace, Rock. You're not making that jump. However, somebody did come up. That he's jumping through. It has like just shards of broken glass everywhere. There's no way he's even grabbing onto the ledge if he misses. And, exactly. And and on the poster, somebody actually came up with one of the really what probably the most creative response was that uh, on this poster, if you will, the Rock is leaping over this chasm from the crane to an open to a broken open window on the floor above the fire line. And all of the trajectories have him like landing in the fire or even landing below the fire and just falling to his death. But as it's got rock leaping across this chasm and across the chasm, it says skyscraper. And the, one of the people comes up, one of the guys who did this came up with the most creative answer. He's like, Oh, see what he needs to do is just stunt off the leg of the K, meaning the title skyscraper, grab onto that, swing up and then launch himself into the, uh, into the window. And so they showed the tra- trajectory for that. That was actually really creative. I actually I found that, that image. I will, uh, I will get that up on the Facebook page, uh, as soon as I get a chance. But yeah. So if you want to go see another diehard movie, go check it out. Okay. Just kind of breezing through July here. We've got the equalizer two, which is a sequel to a movie that I completely forgot existed that starred Denzel Washington. And I actually really liked. I'm not seeing it. 
I, I'm not a huge Denzel Washington fan, but I did really like the first Equalizer. And of course, the movie I've been waiting for the entire summer. Uh, Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> uh, f- uh, Friday, July 20th, It's they're, they're making a sequel, and I will not be seeing it. You are the biggest ABBA fan I've ever met. Oh, you'll I, not be seeing it? I will um, not be seeing it either. No, I'm I'm good. That is one of the movies where where I can look lovingly at my wife and say, why don't you have a girls' night? I'll watch the kid. And then she goes out with Rob to go see the movie. <laughs> and, and and you and the kid can watch Monster Squad. Exactly. Or Hotel Transylvania 3. There Wolf you go. Wolfman's got nards. Yes. Yeah. But that does lead us up to, on Friday, July 27th, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. So speaking of impossible jumps, um, Tom Cruise never aging is back as IMF agent Ethan Hunt. And <laughs> we finally get to see what all the fuss was about Henry Cable's mustache. So if you're unaware you can't talk about Henry Cable's mustache when I'm drinking water. I almost destroyed my microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Henry Cable is Superman. And in the last – well, in the Justice League movie, he – that You might be right. That might actually be the last Justice League movie. <laughs> it could be. Hey, mm. it was better than I thought it was going to be. So That doesn't mean know. it was good. Uh, it, it doesn't mean it was good. You're right. But – they had to do research, uh, reshoots for Justice League, and Henry Cable was filming Mission Impossible at the same time. And he he has this this mustache, he has facial hair in it, and they had to digitally remove it for the resh- reshoots for Justice League. I can't say reshoots for some reason. So we'll finally get to see if it's as glorious as you know we expect it to be. But he plays. CIA agent August Walker, who, as opposed to Ethan Hunt's character or Tom Cruise, is this he's a final result, final resort agent where they have to send him in. And he basically has no conscience. He kills. He gets the job done. Doesn't care. Whereas Tom Cruise's character doesn't believe in killing kind of like a Batman Joker situation. It, it looks very action-packed there's lots of explosions i've really enjoyed the mission impossible movies it's got simon Pegg, who's kind of the comic relief mm-hmm. and tom cruise does all his own stunts so like i alluded to he makes this jump in the movie from one building to another um and he actually does it himself unlike the rock i've actually uh really like the mission impossible movies as well pretty yeah, much all of them they're fun uh, even the ones that when you watch them the second and third times where they don't necessarily hold up, but just I, I didn't really like the last one. I, I I had trouble suspending disbelief on the on the choice of the villain. You I mean, the problems to, you had problems suspending disbelief on because you called me the night you saw it on whether or not the guy would have survived all of the crap that happened to him at the end. Well, that well that and the fact that he went toe to toe with uh, you know Ethan Hunt. And this guy's like a sixty-year-old, sixty-five-year-old guy, and he's and he's going toe-to-toe with this super secret agent. I mean, come on, man! And and then they they did a head-on collision. They they had a head-on collision at like sixty-five miles an hour, and the sixty the sixty-five-year-old guy outruns Tom Cruise. Are you serious? <laughs> come on, there, man! There looks to be another one of those based on the trailer. Mm-hmm. But so speaking back to the jump, Tom Cruise actually broke his ankle 
performing one of his own stunts. So we'll see if that's noticeable in the movie, but I am definitely going to go see it in the theater. I'm looking forward to this one. July 27th, Mission Impossible Fallout. Cool. Uh, that brings us to uh, another kids movie, kind of. A little yeah. bit an older kid, and that's going to be Teen Titans Go to the movies. I used to not like the style of the Teen Titans Go TV show. And then uh, going back to my kid, he got into it. and It was something that wasn't Paw Patrol or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something like that. So I was like, okay, let's watch this for a while. And I really kind of liked the little in-jokes on the TV show. We mm-hmm. actually covered one of the little mini-series that they did. What was that called? The Night, the Night Begins to Shine. The yep. Night Begins to Shine. Yeah, which I still get the song in my head periodically. And on Friday, July 27th, they're releasing a movie, which gonna, it's interesting that they're – I don't know how big of a market there is for it. But the couple of things that stood out to me is, one, it's really only one of three kids' movies coming out this summer. So it might you know, it's – probably going to do a little better than we expected. Also, uh, Ryan Reynolds did tweet about the movie Ryan Reynolds, which we know as uh, Deadpool. Mm -hmm. He tweeted that um, Deathstroke, the villain in the movie, who's also named uh, Slade Wilson, is nothing like Deadpool, also known as Wade Wilson, and he's not entirely sure where the confusion comes from, and he signed it Ryan Gosling. (laughs) So... And even though that had nothing to do with the actual real marketing of the movie or the plot of the movie, it was kind of funny and the, the movie and, itself does wink a little bit at it's what it is so and i and i'm sorry but could they have picked anyone any better to play deadpool oh, i no, mean but no it, he is it, he is totally deadpool for the record he he picked himself to play deadpool is really you know he was the one that kind of got behind it and made yeah. the little short movie that became the big movie if if you ever look through ryan reynolds tweets it is a comedy goldmine Mm-hmm. Especially when his wife gets involved. Yeah. Who is his wife again? Oh, uh, uh, man, our research department is on, is, uh, getting paid overtime. Yeah. Uh, Blake Lively. So, oh, okay. Okay. Bottom line, Deadpool, go see it. <laughs> well, yeah, but, uh, type uh, Team Titans to go. I'll, I'll probably be seeing that one as well. And, uh, of course, it also has Jimmy Kimmel playing Batman. So that'll be interesting as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, crap. Man, I did a lot of these. Uh, well, we, no. we we only took five apiece, and then you kind of filled in the Well, rest. I was doing – I was – we did five apiece, and then, yeah, I ended up uh, kind of doing more research, and the list I had seen had skipped some, so I just kind of filled in the blanks. Uh, beginning of August, we are going to hope – well, not hopefully for us, but there is going to be another movie company trying to start a young adult series. This one is called The Darkest Minds. Uh, you know, basically a million of these young adult series got started after Hunger Games took off, and – most of them, other than Hunger Games, has done very poorly. Uh, Darkest well, Minds, good. Yeah, I was going to say they, you know, they're books that were either written or you know before or after the Hunger Games. But like we saw with the Maze Runner, it kind of came out had a decent showing and then just fell off really sharply. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel that Darkest Minds will be the same way. Yeah, I, I, saw, that, like I saw that another re- Maze Runner movie was released in January. Did did one actually come out in January? Yeah, I think it so. Did it was like death, death race something, or something? But I, I didn't. I don't know. Didn't didn't catch my eye. For for the listeners out there, Jimmy's uh, internet is is flubbed at the moment, so we are occasionally losing Jimmy. Yeah, Darkest Minds. It's uh, looks a lot like X Men, 
or Generation X. The reason why it caught my mind, the reason why I'm even talking about it, was it reminded me a lot of a comic series by Valiant Comics called Harbinger or Harbinger, mm-hmm. which was a series. It came out in the 90s. It was a series of superhero, superpowered kids, and it was really the first one that didn't put the kids in in costumes. You know, it was they were in jeans and t-shirts and whatever, and they were being hunted by the government. They're being hunted by a corporation called Harada. And for those of you that have not read it, it's it's really good. It was made in the 90s when a lot of the comics kind of sucked and were just there for visual, you know, for the art and not the story. Mm-hmm. This one actually had okay art but really good story. And it had this, like, I think it was issue 25 or 28, and I remember this from reading it back in the day. They had, like, this giant mind battle where they were tearing apart, like, skyscrapers and stuff like that, just ripping everything apart. It was very impressive. Hmm. But this trailer, like, had the same feel for it. Um, but that being said, everything between the story, the visuals, and the marketing look very derivative and, like, very c- contrived. Hmm. Like, the visuals or the, the stories about these kids that are trying to break out of this internment camp because they have powers and fight the government that put them there. You've seen that story a million times. The yeah. poster is a cement wall with silhouettes of the kids painted on it. Basically, it's a Rage Against the Machine album cover or any other poster that you see for any other fight against the government kind of thing. So I'm wondering if it's going to do well because one of these hasn't come out in a while, but I don't think it will. Oh, and the other big thing is it is produced by the people that produce Stranger Things, which caught my eye, but I don't know if that's going to do much. Yeah, that may not help it. Yeah. All right, so one of the other ones coming out in uh, August is The Spy Who Dumped Me. Uh, It comes out August 3rd, and actually this one... Looks like it could go either way, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, I do love I do love comedies, so I'll give it a shot. But it looks like it's very much in the vein of like the man who knew too little, or even if you're familiar with the TV series Chuck or or the movie The Brothers Grimsby, um, kind of like the accidental um, secret spy or whatever. Um, basically, the the story is that uh, Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon play friends. Mila Kunis is dumped by her boyfriend and then ghosted, and she doesn't know why. Um, and then she finds out that, you know, the reason she was dumped and, and just kind of like left alone was that her ex-boyfriend is a secret agent. Uh, I think it's CIA or something. CIA agent. And then they get wrapped up and he's got a bunch of guys that are following him trying to kill him. And and uh, Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon get wrapped up in it. And the, all in all, it looks amusing. It It could go either way. But interestingly enough... The the movie was slated for release the previous month. It was slated to be released in July, but due to a a quote unquote phenomenal test screening, they decided to back it up into August. And I was like, well, why would why would they back it up? And then when I went and saw what was coming out in those months, I was like, oh, that's probably why they backed it up. Because I mean, in July, it would have been competing with uh, the likes of like Equalizer Two, Skyscraper, uh, Puzzle, Blind Spotting, The Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, Teen Titans, Hotel Transylvania 3, Purge, the Mission Impossible movie, and then a couple of others. Um, whereas in August, I mean, there really isn't any like big name movies that is going to be competing against. I mean, you've got Slender Man, Darkest Minds, Axel, Dog Days, think, Christopher Robin. I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it, I think it August just, became a, a key point where they dropped comedies. Because I, when Hangover came out, I think that came out in August too. And that thing like blew up and it's, it carried like, that's what everyone talked about from that summer. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it came out at the end of the summer. 
Right. And if I remember correctly, I think the end of the summer is also when something about Mary came out. Okay. There's something about that where like they get all the big blockbuster blow up kind of movies. Uh, honestly, I don't see this one having that kind of draw. Oh, I don't think so either, but it was just, it's, I think they do tend to put comedies later in August, just like, you know, the fall seems to be a lot of the, the, you know, fantasy. award kind of movies. Yeah. Fantasy, but also some of the, the award movies, like you're trying to get the, yeah. Again, I don't, I don't like using the term dumping ground, especially when talking about a movie called Spy Who Dumped Me, but. Yes. Hey, yo. Uh, there is a, another movie come out called Axel, A dot X dot L. So. Not Axel Rose. Not about Axel Rose. It is apparently about a BMX bike kid who happens upon a secret military installation. Um, that is also the Rob story that <laughs> happened to Rob as a kid. That, um, that, that's looks, totally how I got to where I am now. Yeah. Uh, it's basically looks like short circuit with uh, less stereotypical Indians. And I, that's all I could find about it. <laughs> I've not seen a trailer. I don't not seen a trailer. The uh, poster has uh, just a, could be a, a clip art picture of a BMX kid flying through the air, kind of doing the little thing where he turns the wheel. But that's about it. Um, and I think our last major summer movie that we're going to chat about, uh, Jimmy, that's you. Yeah, you guys said that, yeah, August doesn't have any great movies, but I think you're wrong. On August 10th comes The Meg, and The Meg is short for Megalodon, which is a prehistoric shark that's super huge. Um, it stars Jason Statham, Ruby Rose, and Rain Wilson. I, I never know if I'm saying his name right, but he's Dwight from The Office. And you got Lee, it right. right. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And it Lee has Bing some Bing. superfluous ends. Yeah, it does. Um, I really expect this movie to open very slowly, but because it's at the end of the summer, I think it'll be kind of the last thing that that people go see. Um. I expect it to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, who doesn't want to see Jason Statham kick a prehistoric shark's ass? I mean, I do. I, do. I guess you guys. Oh, okay, good. Um, it won't think you. It won't think you. It won't make you think twice about going in the water like Jaws did. But I had to throw this little factoid in there. With only five percent of the ocean explored, you never know. That comes from the National Ocean and. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Oh, this, so no. I believe will be the second Megalodon uh, movie appearing in a movie. So it could be the summer of the Megalodons because there is one visible in the Jurassic World trailer as well. Yes. And I believe there's one coming out on sci-fi. So it's, we can just call it now. It is going to be the summer of the Megalodon. The summer there of the Megalodon. Go. It looks fun. It looks like a total... I guess, like you said, a dump, but I don't know. Looks all right. I'm excited. This is based on a book, I think. Is it? Uh, the book is called Meg, and I am I went and looked up the cover just now, and mm -hmm. it shows a Megalodon eating a uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex on the cover, and <laughs> uh, it Why came not? out in 1997, and I'm pretty sure I might have read that one summer, hmm. like now that I see it. Uh, it's it not just one book, but there's actually um, – Multiple Meg books, one of which is The Trench. That's part, that's number two. Book three is Primal Waters. Number uh, four is Hell's Aquarium, which nice. is an awesome name for a book, which is, uh, okay, Rob, uh, death metal band or book title, uh, Hell's Aquarium. Um, I'm going to go with death metal band. You are oh. correct. Oh. Yeah. It will be a death metal band. 
at some point in the next month. Uh, Meg Origins, Meg Night Stalkers, and Meg Generations. So that's uh, yeah, it's going to be our death metal band, <laughs> Hell's Aquarium. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, when people saw this trailer before Avengers: Infinity War, they were kind of laughing and not in a good way. But I was all like geeked. I'm like, man, it's been a while since there's been a shark movie. Since like what uh, the deep was it deep five or deeps deep blue sea deep blue sea yeah i think that was the yeah. last giant shark movie or shark or man the, eating shallows. Shark movie. the shallows was oh that yeah they the shallows yeah that, that does shallows is was yeah deep blue sea came out when we were in college so yeah, yeah the shallows and then there's oh there's also the one where the little girl is left alone that's the shell wait the little girl was left alone no no the, the girl she's on a like a shark tour and the boat leaves her is that 48 meters down or something like that? Yeah. So, okay, so I'm wrong. There's been a, quite a few shark movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, well, I think that takes us through. There's, you know, there's a couple other movies coming out. We open Water. About. Yeah, Open Water. So, yeah, okay. Uh, all of the movies have been shark movies. Uh, Sharknado. Um, 48 um, meters down, The Shallows. I am a hack and I should not have my own podcast is what we're saying here. <laughs> Thank you for rubbing in, people. Well, you don't have your own podcast. I should not be part of a a podcast we're, with you, we're, geniuses. We're we're here to keep you in line. Yes. I'm really upset. <laughs> I don't have my own podcast. I I am not worthy of being on a podcast with you guys. That's okay. We've got a helper monkey on the way. Exactly. And there so, will be an appearance by Chester the Blood Monkey soon. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. So that, that takes us through, through this summer. No, that is uh that is a. <laughs> An item that Jimmy bought that's terrifying. It's a blood-covered stuffed animal puppet monkey that is cursed. So um, that takes us through all of the summer movies that we could find a lot of information on. Uh, there's a couple other ones, but there weren't trailers out at the time of uh, of this podcast. So if they end up looking good, we'll cover those later on. But that does lead us to our question, and I think we're going to do something a little different this time. Um, instead of one question where we give five answers, uh, we're going to do five questions where each give one answer. We're going to take note of those answers, and they're going to be questions about the summer movies. We're going to take note of those answers, and at the end of the summer, we're going to see what we were right about. So stuff about, like, what's going to be the best, what's going to be the worst, that kind of thing. So um, each person will basically answer the the questions, like, straight in a row, and then we'll kind of go between all of them. So, uh, Jimmy, would you like to go first? Absolutely. Do you want me to read the questions? No, no, I, I will read you the question, and then you can, can answer them. Okay. So I can try to, and I will try to figure out the order. Um, So I guess we'll go with the order I wrote them. So what do you think the biggest hit of the summer is? And that's going to be the movie that makes the most related to the budget. As much trash as I talked about it, Jurassic World. Okay. You will hear typing listeners. That is me typing down Jimmy's answers. Uh, What is going to be the biggest bomb of the summer? Solo. Based on its budget. Based based on on the hype. And expectations. Okay. Yep. That is uh, my uh, batteries falling on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is going to be the biggest surprise of the summer? So a movie that people don't think is going to do great, but is going to kind of transcend expectations. You said people laughed about it in not a good way. Um, I'm going to say The Meg. Excellent. Which actor, actress, uh, character do you think is going to have the standout performance of the summer? And I'm going to go back to the Hangover reference for some reason, even that's like you know, 10 years ago. Um, Zach Galifianakis, for example, when The Hangover came out of the summer, is like everyone was, you know, acting as him or talking about him or whatever. Yeah. And people didn't know who he was before the summer, but now they do. Who do you think it's going to be? Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. 
And number five, uh, what do you think the best film of a, of the summer, not necessarily financially, but from a critic's standpoint, is there anything in the summer that you think is going to be a hit during uh, award season? Sorry to bother you. Okay. Uh, Rob, would you like to go next or would you like me to go next? Um, I can go next. Okay. So I won't be explaining the questions because you just heard me explain them to Jimmy. So I'll go ahead and ask them. Okay, good. Rob, what's your biggest hit of the summer? Now I have to I have to just get a clarification because this, does the summer movies selection include the movies that are currently out? Uh, we'll just go with Solo and Beyond. So okay, comes out, so if, Infinity War doesn't Marvel count Day. because that would be my no. that would be my first one. Yeah. No, I, I yeah that would be that's going to be the biggest hit of the year regardless. But mm-hmm. yeah, Infinity War is going to beat everything this year. Yeah. Um. So my. My biggest hit of the summer movie that makes the most compa- related to the budget, I think Solo will pull it out. I'll go with Solo. Hmm. Okay. All right. So what's your biggest bomb of the summer? I think the biggest bomb of the summer is probably going to be Skyscraper. Okay. So what's your biggest surprise movie of the summer? Uh, I'm going to say I, I know what I – think it's gonna be but i'm not gonna say that one i'll go with um the uh the equalizer equalizer two all right so who has the standout performance uh i I think you're right on that one i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you and say lakeith stanfield all right and your best film of the summer from a critical standpoint i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the same thing the same thing and it's gonna be sorry to bother you and it's not awesome yeah i i won't explain yeah, it's not because it's the biggest movie that you're looking forward to, but it's you know probably going to critically be acclaimed. I think. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so hit me, guys. Um, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> I will as well. All right. And wow. then kick you in the junk. Wow. Oh, that is not one of the questions. Oh, okay. One of you guys. Ask me oh, sorry, Greg. I I will. I guess I'll ask the questions this time around. <laughs> okay. Since we're all taking turns. (laughs) Um, So, Greg, what do you think will be the biggest hit of the summer in relation to its budget? I'm actually thinking Incredibles, just because it's the really the only major kids movie coming out. Okay. Okay. What do you think will be the biggest bomb of the summer in relation to its budget? As much as it makes me feel bad to say it, I have to agree with Rob Skyscraper. I don't really feel bad about that. Yeah. No, I think he just feels bad about agreeing with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> as much as I love The Rock, I hate agreeing with Rob. Yes. Um, and what do you think will be the biggest surprise of the summer? This one I'm having a really hard time with, but even though I wrote the question, um, there's a part of me that thinks it might actually be – it's between Tag and The Purge. Um, I'll go because uh, I think comedies sometimes have a, a way of dropping out and if they have like a weird name or something. So I, I will actually go with the purge. I think that's going to make a lot more money than people think. Okay. And the standout performance of the summer? Uh, I'm going to go with Hannibal Buress from, from tag. He had the best lines in the, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a likable character from like the four or five lines he had in the trailer. And I think he has some fame coming to him. Cause he was, if you guys don't know out there, he is one of the people or he is the person that basically took down Bill Cosby by oh. his skit where he said like how have we forgotten that this man was drugging women and raping them and it blew up from there so i think that he might end up 
not only does he deserve it because he's funny, but you know, I think that uh, he might have the standout of the summer from from Tech. Okay. And how about the most critically acclaimed movie of the year? I'm really very surprised that you guys did not pick the um, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. But I'm going to say don't worry, he won't get far on foot because I think that all of the performances in that trailer look great and the director is great, the writer is good. So I would say uh, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. It, it has to be one of those two movies because critics don't like actual good movies. They like movies that that have uh, – something behind them uh some yeah, kind of political statement or some kind of uh social statement or you know uh, unless you're making some kind of poignant poignant statement that critics are like oh this is garbage so unless it's one of those movies it it, it won't win so it's going to be either sorry to bother you or the don't worry he won't get far off it or i mean if this is if we're basing this on if it's going to get an academy award nomination it's entirely possible that the mr rogers movie will get one for best documentary and that's you know, there's not that many documentaries that come out each year. So, yeah. right. But even, even, even though it wins an award, they don't, it, I, I mean, it's not something that, you know, you, you hear critics buzzing about. That's what I took that, that to be the, the, yeah. the best film of the summer from a critic standpoint is not usually a documentary. Yeah. So okay. it's, yeah, that's cool. why so I, we, it. so we have these logged down and, it, and good. So I, I was going to say, what is the, did we get a trophy? If we're right, or do we have to do something really embarrassing? I'm not sure. There's only certain embarrassing things I will do, but should um, the winner – how about this? Since we've kind of been talking about it, um, the winner can make the, uh, the the losers, the two losers, sing a song from Mommy, Mamma Mia on the podcast. Oh man! I don't think the, okay. I don't think the listeners want to hear that. <laughs> I'm I'm very confident in my picks, so I'll agree to that. Okay. None of us are planning on like running for political office or anything, right? I don't think so. So we're good. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both disqualified. Well. Yeah. There's been a few episodes as as well as this one that keep us from doing that. So every one of us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that concludes our summer movie preview i hope you guys had fun hope if you guys uh you know, have any of your own opinions please chime in and uh what do we what do you think we're talking about next week rob um i honestly don't know because the movie <laughs> that you wrote down there doesn't come out till next friday oh uh, well yeah so we're not gonna be talking about that okay never mind <laughs> so oh, i well, think it, we, next week we'll be talking about the i guess reboot of the karate kid yeah oh so, yeah so Cobra Kai. which is pretty good so if you guys want to you know play along with that it's already out on youtube red so why don't you check out you can watch the first two episodes for free which are great by the way yeah they're really fun um they're spectacularly awful in a good way in a good way johnny from the karate kid driving in a beat up tri- uh, firebird <laughs> while listening to a poison yeah. song is the thing I needed in my life at this moment that I didn't know that I needed in my life. Agreed. So we'll definitely be talking about that. And then we'll, in two weeks, we'll be talking about Deadpool two, apparently. So thank you for listening guys. Word. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Thanks for joining us. Palabra a tu madre.
And we're going to do our summy moot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I fail. How is Babby formed?